evening, everyone. I trust you well. Great to see you today. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love our church, and um, it's, isn't it amazing to see what God is doing amongst us? And um, we give Him glory and praise. And today's Commitment Sunday, and um, you know, uh, someone said to me a number of years ago, why is it, Mark, as a leadership, you keep pushing and you keep going after stuff and I kind of think, what other way is there to live? Really. And uh, you know that through our church, our community, and also mission around the world, our vision target is on top of tithes and offerings is 150,000 over the next um, 12 months. And we're believing again that God will work and provide in Jesus' name. Why keep on keeping on? Well, I tell you, Jesus said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. You need to know that before you do anything else, right? That Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, just take a step back and behold, think about this, look at this. I am always with you to the end of the age. That's another good thing to know. God has all the authority and the power, and He's with us till the very end of the age. Amen? So all the stuff in between, we need to know those two things. They're like, uh, you know, bookend wedges, if you like, to know that with a confidence, to do the work. You know, during our series on, uh, on the move, we have seen how God... Um, was on the move in the life of the Apostle Paul and his companions, how he touched their hearts and fired them up and transformed their lives, and how the gospel increased and spread across the, the entire world at that time, the, the, the Asia Minor uh, region. And during this series, we've been talking, as we've been studying the book of Acts, We've been talking about being equipped to be on the move. We've been talking about being examples to other people on the move. We've talked about sharing the gospel on the move. We've talked about living in the power of God's word on the move. We've talked about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives on the move. And we talked about making disciples on the move. And so today I'm going to conclude this series by talking about reflecting Jesus on the move. And I trust that during this season, this series has spoken to you and stirred something in your heart for us to ask again, what happened back then? Could God do it today? Could He do it here in our lives? Because that's the clincher for me. The Apostle Paul wrote this, For those whom He foreknew, that's God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of who? His son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Many were going to follow in the same path, in other words. So we are conformed to the image of his son. And so God, the Bible says, Paul teaching the, the disciples to get a hold of this, is to realize that being a Christian is really important that God has predestined us to be conformed, or if you like, shaped, molded, made into the image of Christ. And being conformed into Christ's image, right, is the goal of the Christian life. 
It's the goal for you. There's not another plumb line. There's not another target. That's it. Are you becoming more like Christ? More like Jesus? Because that's the purpose of every Christian. To become Christ-like. I read an amazing um, statement from um, the evangelist David Wilkerson. Some of you might have heard him. And he was a great evangelist reaching out particularly with a passion for those who were caught up with drug and alcohol uh, problems out onto the streets. He was the, he was the guy, the founder of Teen Challenge. And um, he's a great, great guy. And he said this, if I am not Christ-like at heart, if I'm not becoming noticeably more like him, then I have totally missed God's purpose for my life. It doesn't matter what I accomplish for his kingdom. If I miss this one purpose, I have lived, preached, and yes, striven in vain. Wow. I had to sit and think about that this week. I also found another little quote that just made me think this week. And this is it here on the screen. A glass can only spill what it contains. Me without you. That's the author. Stop and think about that for a minute. A glass can only spill what it contains. Let me ask you the question, what are you full of? Because what's in you, you will be known by. Like it or not, it's the truth. What you're full of. It's not about the glass. It's about what it contains, isn't it? What comes out. It's the same with our our lives. How full of Jesus as a Christian are you? Because that's the purpose. Paul said to the Corinthian church, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, Paul says that when we are saved, the veil keeping us from beholding Christ's glory, from seeing the greatness of God, from seeing His mercy, from seeing who Jesus really is, is there's a veil that lies before our eyes. But at that moment when we are saved and Jesus becomes real to us, the veil is removed And that by beholding Christ's glory, He is progressively transforming us. This is the journey we're all on. We are all a work in progress. I might not be the kind of guy that, you know, I I want to be yet or I see in the Bible fully yet or Christ-like yet. But I am not the guy I used to be. I am on a journey. I'm taking a walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit's at work in my life and I am changing from one glory to the next. And there's progression that's happening in the life of every Christian. It's a journey that we're on. And He's at work in us. As we behold His glory, we then, as we revel in that, all given to us by God, then we become reflectors of Christ's work in us to the world In the way that we think, the way that we live, the way that we do things. We're spilling out this incredible work of Christ within us. So every Christ follower is to reflect Jesus. 
It's as simple as that. How did Paul teach these new believers to reflect Jesus in the world? We've looked at Ephesus, particularly as Paul arrived there and spent two years there and was training, obviously, people because he didn't go out to the entire region himself and he trained people and sent them out and he trained people and seemed to send them out and they spread the gospel message right across that continent. Just an amazing truth. And the Bible just tells us this, that the word of the Lord increased mightily. It multiplied. God was on the move. That's what was happening right there in the lives of ordinary people. People whose names we'll never even know. Have you ever read the Bible sometimes? You're reading through and you suddenly find a, a, what I call a no-name. I've never heard that name before. Some, some Alexander, you know, the seventh or something. You know, I want to tell you, God works through ordinary people. And ordinary people you know, are extraordinary with God in their lives. And so Christ followers are to reflect Jesus. How is that possible? Why was Paul really teaching these guys, you've got to get this because it's really important, is that they were going to be reflectors of Jesus, not of themselves, not of a church, not of a leader, but of Jesus Christ. This whole thing's about reflecting Christ, reflecting Jesus. And so how do we do that? How do we reflect Jesus? Well, Paul said four things I'm going to just just throw out there today. There are other things that I could talk about, but I want to throw these four things. How do you reflect Jesus in the world today? Number one, by offering my life completely to God. This is what Paul taught. Therefore, I urge you, brothers. He said, I, I, want, to, I want to encourage you. I want to push you. I want to, I want to get behind you and push you with it. all the might that I have. I'm urging you Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, now that's referred to the chapter before. When you read about the incredible work that Christ has done in your life, read it. All the mercy that God has poured upon your life to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It is not about singing songs alone, folks. It's about offering your body, yourself, 100%, entire, your entire life, total devotion involving all of your heart. Didn't Jesus say you're going to love the Lord? If you're going to love him, love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your mind. You, you love him totally, completely. There is no other way that you can come before God with a half-baked cake or a half-baked life or a half-an-offering. He said, I want you to come and you're going to offer your life completely to me. I will treasure you, God, above all things in my life. I'm going to have no other gods before you. Hello? The car, the house, the holiday, the bank account, the investment. Hello? The wallet. I'm going to have no other gods before you. You have everything. My entire life is yours. That's what a living sacrifice 
that Paul is talking to these guys about having. This is the way you present yourself to God. This is the way that you reflect Jesus in your life. I want to follow your ways. I have this beautiful attitude. I will follow your word. I will obey your word no matter what is before me. And it's an attitude almost where we're standing before God, where we're crying out to him and saying, God, you have my heart, my life, my gifts, my family, my wallet, my house, my career, my investments, my savings, my desires, my plans. You have it all. Have you ever said that to God? If you haven't, that's the place that God is speaking to you about today. A 99% commitment, friend, is 1% too short. That's what the challenge is towards us here. It's saying it's all on the table, it's all on the altar, and everything I have. And once we've unloaded all this stuff that we idolize in life... God's looking for the last thing, that's you, to crawl up on the altar and stand there and say, you have me too. My entire life is yours. Following Christ is for the committed, not for the weak. It's for those people who are saying, God, I'm going to give you everything. See, living a fully devoted life magnifies the work of Jesus in you. It's not about magnifying you and how great you become and how great you are because you've now got God in your life. No, 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 no. It's about Him. It's about you becoming less and Him becoming greater. His testimony at work in your life becoming greater than more than you. It's about Christ. And the Bible just challenges us with this attitude and Paul challenging his disciples To offer yourselves completely to God. That's how you reflect Jesus. The second thing is this. By my witness. This is the way that I reflect Jesus. By my witness. Paul said to the Corinthian church. but, But thanks be to God. Who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are fragrance from death to death and the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Well, nobody is if God isn't helping you. Nobody can do this. And nobody can empower that. It's about the work of Christ again in us. See, we are, Paul was teaching the disciples that they are Christ's ambassadors. They're the living epistles. And our witness, friends, we need to understand this, brings pleasure to God. We are the aroma of Christ. To God, there is something that's ascending to God. It's a beautiful thing to him, but to many, it can be also the fragrance of death. And for those that receive it, it's the fragrance of life. And sometimes it will be received as we share the gospel with people, and sometimes it's going to be rejected. Sometimes it's going to be sweet, and other times it's going to be sour. And we leave that with God. Because the fragrance 
It's not like, you know, Gio Armani that you splash on in the morning and it wears off by the evening. Being a Christian is a life of fragrance. It never wears off because the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you and in you. It's not an on-off kind of thing. It's a full-on thing all the time. The fragrance of Jesus is what we're all about. And we are to be that testimony wherever we are in our family, in our workplace, even in our neighborhood. And Paul just says to them, you just remember this. It's by your witness that you are this sweet a, a fragrance that's in the world today. And we're to remember that through Christ and being in Christ, we, we've been saved from the devil, we, the works of the devil. We've been saved from sin and the consequences of sin. You've, be, you've been saved from death itself because we have the promise of eternal life. Hip, hip. Now live your life from that platform. And Paul just cries out. He said, thanks be to God. This is the belonging to this triumphal procession. It's realizing we're on the victory side. It's realizing that in Christ we have this, this assurance of eternity, this power that comes to us from the Holy Spirit over the works of the devil. This hope that is bigger than death itself. <laughs> Thanks be to God. That's what we begin to re realize and live from that triumphal platform and procession and uh, you know, whether we're accepted or rejected, happy or sad, rich or poor, loved or hated, imprisoned or free, Paul says, do you know what? We can do all these things through Christ who gives us the strength. We can do this, whatever it is. Amen? So every Christ follower is to reflect Jesus by offering my life completely to God, by my witness by thirdly, by walking in love. Billy spoke about this just a couple of weeks ago too. But Paul, challenging the Ephesians again there, said, therefore, be imitators of God. That's a tall order, isn't it? As beloved children, because we're born of God, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. A follower of Jesus, it's so important we get this, that love is part of that fragrance, that part of our testimony. It's about who we are. And this word walk means to live. We're called to live a life of love. See, friends, God doesn't do loving things or just do loving things. Of course he does them, but he just doesn't do them. The Bible tells us that God is love. Can you say that again? God is love. Now, becoming like him means this. Mark is love. Let me say that again. Mark is love. Now, say your own name. Mark is love. How are you? Are we a reflector of that love? See, John's gospel tells us, and who got a little understanding of this, he said in 1 John 1 verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And everyone who has been born of God and knows God, who, whoever does not love, does not know God. Because God is love. When God's at work in your life, 
So is love. A follower of Christ must be known by love. A lot of people are known by a lot of things, right? Because remember the glass and what's contained spills? It comes out of you. What's in you comes out of you. And Paul is passionate about these new disciples understanding wherever they go, they are spilling out Jesus, not themselves, spilling out Christ-like character, not their own characters, but spilling out values of love and peace and patience. They are the fruits of the Spirit, which is the character of Christ. That's what they're spilling out everywhere. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Think about this. You do it in the same way. So you must love one another by this. This, not other things, not by cleverness, not by loads of money, not by, you know, great plans, by love. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus also said in Matthew 5.43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's tough, isn't it? Gosh, that's tough. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's how you know a Christian. That's what he's saying. The Apostle Paul taught that followers of Jesus should fully embrace a life of love above all things. He told in, uh, in, in Corinthians um, chapter 13, which is the great love chapter there. And he said, tells them a little bit about what love looks like. Do you remember that? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, you know, we like that. Always trusts it. Always protects it. It gives us a beautiful picture. And at the end of that, it says, love, verse 8, never fails. God's love never fails, you see. Yours might, but his doesn't. His love never fails. And then at the end of the chapter, it concludes this. And now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. The three important things of the Christian life. But the greatest of these is? And I love chapter 14, verse 1. It then just says, follow the way of love. Pursue it. It's your number one priority. Hello? It's your number one priority. As you behold Christ and behold His goodness and His mercy, He will fill you, the Bible says, with His love. And you will spill out. His love in the world. And that's how we reflect Jesus in the world, by walking in love. And the last one is this, by my generosity. This is what it's like. Paul teaching Timothy the importance of this and knowing this. He said this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Kind of hearing our men there. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command those to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they will take hold of life, which is truly life. Isn't it amazing? Paul's saying, you've got to get this one down, guys. you really got to understand this. You've got to do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous on every occasion, and willing to share. You see, the generous life makes all the difference in the lives of other people. And it pleases God, and it guarantees, guarantees us an inheritance. 
in heaven. That's what the Bible tells us there. See, we're given to generosity not because somebody encourages us, not because the pastor tells us to, but you are given to generosity because it's who you are becoming. It's who you're becoming. I love what God loves. God loves His church. God loves His mission and gave everything for it. See, God is generous and gave His life for us. Heaven gives its best. The challenge is, will we follow in Christ's footsteps, right? That's where it's at. So in conclusion, just today from the simple challenging message of us laying our lives down, giving everything to God, we are called to reflect Jesus on the move wherever we are in the world, to bring glory to God. And we do this by offering ourselves completely to God, you today, by your witness in the world in which you live, by walking in love and and by your generosity. Jesus said this, folks, you... You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Come on, church. Let your light shine. Let it shine. Isaiah 60, we know this so well, but God encouraging and stirring the church through the prophet Isaiah said, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Talking about Christ, and and, and we have experienced Him and understand the salvation. I tell you, Paul said to the Corinthian church, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Say now. It's right now, here and now. And I want to tell you that we're all on this, in the mission field of the world for God every single day, folks, to reflect Jesus in all we do. And I pray that God would mightily help us and bless us as we continue to honor Him and bring glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Billy.